Welcome to the Victory Group Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Jones. I'm so excited today. We have a very special guest I'll introduce you to. Remember, this is the show that helps you conquer the giants that we all face in life. Just as David faced Goliath confidently, knowing God was on his side, you also can face your giants knowing that you already hold the keys to victory. Today, we have T.J. Robinson to Shara Robinson. She's a mother, an author, a speaker who hails from Dallas, Texas. She's a graduate of Skyline High School in Texas A&M University and College Station. Tashara was very active during her college days. She was a member of the inaugural Aggie Dance Team, and she was a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, and she's a member of... Oh, she's on all kinds of things. That This list goes on and on. Believe me, she is incredible. You're in for a real, real treat. And so we're going to talk a little bit about overcoming the giant of divorce today. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome Tashara Robinson. Hi, TJ. How are you? Hello. Hello, Dr. Jones. Thank you so much for Glad the invitation. To- Thank you. Yeah. Glad to have you. This is going to be fun. I know it's a tough topic, but she, believe me, folks, she is an overcomer. And that's what this is really all about. So we're going to spend a little time with TJ today. And I'll start out by asking you, TJ, Sure. tell us about your greatest giant to date. My greatest giant to date. Well, first of all, let me just sit back and go, hey, in five months, I will be 50 years old. Can you believe that? Where does the time go? Right. I know. I know. When I you're know. when you're a young child, you don't ever think about obstacles and giants. Right. And I think that's a good thing. Right. I think our parents do a good job of really equipping us to just handle right then and right there. And that's good enough, right? That's right. But then I realized as I was married for about 19 years and I was at home with our four beautiful children for 17 years, during that marriage, there was always a feeling of something's not really right. Well, we can probably get into the details later based on your line of questioning, Dr. Jones, but the biggest giant to date was deciding to file for divorce. After 19 years of marriage and having being being a stay-at-home mom for all that time, looking into the eyes of my four innocent, beautiful children, feeling like I really let them down, like I couldn't hold this marriage together. So just feeling a sense of failure and, and, and just inadequacy. That was my biggest giant to date at almost 50 years old. Wow. Wow. And a big part of your story, too, is having to enter the workplace Mm -hmm. after being out of the workplace. Was it 17 years? 17 years. That's correct. So during that 17 years, I did some freelance work and I volunteered a lot. So I believe my skills were still, you know, up to date and up to par, but a full time gig. Yeah, it was about 17 years. So, of course, that really played into probably the delay of me filing for divorce. Just that whole line of questioning in my spirit. I have four kids. The youngest is two. Where am I going to go? What job am I going to that's going to pay me a livable wage with four children? How am I going to do this? Maybe I should just stay here in this toxic relationship. So, yeah, huge, huge giant. But I'm so grateful. I feel like there were angels set along my path. And and they they were friends, they were relatives, but people really who I remember one of my aunt's friends, I call her my aunt, but she's actually my aunt's friend. And she said, just think about today. Today, you have 
a roof over your head today. You have food in the refrigerator. I remember getting really scared when I started thinking too far in advance. And that friend, that auntie helped me to just keep my focus on today on today. So I had a lot of informal mentors and counselors during that time leading up to me filing for divorce. But yeah, huge, huge obstacle to overcome going back to work. Yeah, yeah. You know, this show is really about overcoming these giants. And of course, we're using giants as a metaphor, right? But these are real challenging issues. You know, I I lost my daughter a couple of years ago. I've got dear friends who have not only lost others, but they've lost their spouses. You know, I've had those kinds of folks I've talked to. And, and what's consistent about it is what do you do with that energy that comes from that kind of an event, which is a significant event. You know, I chose to do something like write a book, Run Toward Your Goliaths, which is coming out soon. And uh, and then you wrote a book. You wrote several books. Tell us, more, tell us about that. You ch- rechanneled that energy and you put it into, hey, I'm going to bless others based on my experience. Yeah, exactly. I like how you framed the question. Yeah, yeah. You do have this leftover energy. When you go through a happy event, when you have a baby, and when you go through a traumatic event, like the death of a loved one or the death of a relationship. And that's exactly what you and I did. So that energy there, I realized I had a choice. Now, what do they say? Bitter or better? I know that's very, very cliche-ish, but that is a real choice. I had to ask myself, do I want to take all of this energy, this disappointment, this sense of loss? Do I want to carry it around forever? Then I had to channel my grandmother, my mother's mother. She would say, we're not going to let anything make us ugly. And I had to, I know this sounds really (laughs) superficial, but if you think about it, think about this. Science has already shown us the detrimental effects of hard emotions like negativity, loss, grief. If those emotions are not managed, they can turn into disease, higher blood pressure, ulcers, wrinkles. When I thought about that, I thought, hmm, so let's see. I spent 19 years in a marriage and then I'm going to give him or this relationship more years of my life by having these uh, ill effects. Nah, I don't think so. So I chose to use that energy, like you said, Dr. Jones, to go, okay, now how? what lesson can I learn? What have you learned, Tashara? Because that's really the question. I could spend all of my waking hours talking about, well, he did this. He didn't do that. I got tired of that. More than anything, that got you nowhere. And that spirit of just blaming other people has never set well with me. Because then, just like the title of your show, I become a victim not a victor. So then I had to call into practice all these things that I was taught as a child. Well, uh, the power of the most high lives within me. I can do all things. Really? Well, let's see. Let's put it to the test. So that energy, I decided to record my own lessons. The first book was Power Moms, Persevere, Overcome, Win, Empower, and Restore, 12 Stories of Moms Who Found Their Power to Win. That was a compilation book I did with like 11 other ladies who themselves had challenges. If it was losing children, uh, health scares, financial scares, whatever, mine was divorce. So that got me started, that momentum of getting all of this energy out. And then I thought, okay, Okay, I got to do my own solo book. And that is From Pitiful to Powerful that came out in 2016 or 18. I can't recall. 
For me, that book solidified my own lesson. It crystallized it in a three-step process, okay, of what I learned. I had to acknowledge this power. I had to activate it. And I had to actually nurture this power within me. Again, my focus was not on the ex-husband. It could be, but that doesn't give me any traction and doesn't give me any reward. I wanted to be better. More importantly for myself, but for my children. My children are watching. They're still watching. They will watch until I transition from this earth, right? So I wanted to leave them with a plan, a blueprint of well, what do you do when you go through something hard? Do you go, do you get bitter and angry like mom did? Or do you channel that energy, figure out your lesson and put it in a format, a plan, a methodology so that you can make other life giving choices for yourself and to help other people do the same. And that's what I did. And it's the, it's the books. I have a podcast. I have uh, all of my social media channels. It's the same message. You can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I met a friend some years ago who actually said to me at a moment when I was down, he says, you know, brother, you need a ministry, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's one of those things you give out of your own need, right? And I can tell you, it was really cathartic for me writing Run Toward Your Goliaths because I was originally writing it to my family. I wanted to give them, like you, I wanted to give them some lessons that I learned going through the process and encourage them and inspire them. And I had others who read draft chapters and said, maybe you ought to publish this thing. And so was it cathartic for you going through a divorce and now writing some things that would really meant for you and your children and then going out and saying, wait, others can be blessed by it. Is that how it felt to you? Extremely cathartic. And what you said is amazing. You remember that old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. Okay. I was ready. I was tired of running to and fro to counselors and friends. What do I do? What do I do? I gave up. I literally gave it up. I was like, what? I, I What do I do? And that was the perfect time for the master teacher to come in. Okay. And utilize me, the vessel in which the spirit has always resided. Mm -hmm. I now was just in a position of receptivity. Mm -hmm. And when they say you are in a flow, I wrote from pitiful to powerful in a weekend (laughs) because I just let it go. What is it that I needed to learn? Like you said, I needed this for myself. So I was the vessel. The most high was the teacher. But this vessel was made ready. The soil was made ready through the divorce, through the disappointment. And of course, a lot of people like, girl, I would have acted totally different than you had I gone through what you'd gone through. Then I thought, yeah, well, I guess that wasn't my path. I had a different path. Our, Our paths are no one's path is better or worse, but I had a different one, a bigger vision for my own life. Yeah, that was a a serious road bump, a serious hurdle that I will include in the annals of my life. But that wasn't the end of my life. Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. still so much I see that I want to accomplish so much, so much. So I keep it to myself because people are like, okay, Tashara, all right. Yeah, go ahead with that, (laughs) with those pipe dreams or whatever. That's okay. That's okay. Because I know the formula. The formula is be still. Let the spirit have his way mm-hmm. with you. And then you just you just go from there. Yeah, that's what I yeah, that's yeah. my formula. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Well, you know, we're all vessels and that's what you're saying. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, a lot of folks, when they hit these adversities, many people want to just give up. 
right? They just want to say, that's it. That's the end of it. But life is all about twists and turns, right? Things Mm -hmm. we don't always anticipate. And that God knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got to hold on to that. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've been doing. So let's talk about your faith a little bit. All right. So uh, I was thinking about this idea of David and Goliath. And I was thinking about how David had the faith, the confidence, mm-hmm. all coming from the Holy Spirit, from God, to really face this gigantic individual, Goliath. Yep. Yep. All right. And so when I think about us really having these adversities and, and really mm-hmm. having the confidence and the faith to say, now I'm going to run toward that. I'm going to do something productive mm-hmm. with that energy. That's kind of what this is all about, right? So tell us about your faith and your upbringing. I was raised, I'm a Southern girl, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. So, you know, given the history, you know, of our country, I was raised a Southern Baptist, right? So we were a Southern Baptist at church, you know, every Sunday, uh, sometimes twice on Sunday, especially long days on that first Sunday, communion in the afternoon. Oh my gosh. So I, when I think back to my, let's say, religious upbringing, I feel like I had some fond memories. There were probably some scary parts as a kid. You know, I remember having the devotion time right before church started. So that was all of the acapella singing. I thought that was kind of a little, you know, like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of scary. But I find myself singing some of those old hymns today. So those were all seeds, I believe, that were planted in my spirit. As I grew grew older, matriculated, went to different churches, I found that those persons who are gifted at bringing the word, they're able to, again, impart the word in a, in a way that goes, huh, okay, I get it. So probably in high school, I think is when the light really turned on for me. My family and I were in a very um, effective Bible teaching church here in Dallas. So I would say that was kind of the beginning. But when I summarize it all, those were all plantings. Seeds were being planted. For me, the growth came when I had to put all those seeds to the test. I had to bring forth, okay, this fruit of all this teaching. And for me, the divorce was the proper place for me because I got tired. I got tired of talking. I got tired of feeling this this emptiness and this sadness and this heaviness. And I had all the tools already within me. So when I think about even David approaching the giant, here's what he did. He made a decision. He didn't sit back and go read. Well, maybe. No, he made a decision. I because he knew something. Okay. I know my name. My name is Tashara Janine Robinson. I don't have to guess about that. When they say sign your name, it's, it's a decision. It's something I know. So during all of that time where my faith was being built, it was feeding the decision. Okay. To face this giant of divorce. Well, I'm going to move forward because I know A, B, and C. All of that seeding, all of that planting through all of those years. See, I'm learning that, again, faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can say all day what I believe, but what am I doing? And the best example is brushing your teeth. It's so simple. I can come on this show all day and say brushing your teeth twice a day and flossing is amazing. You should do that because of the health benefits. And your immediate question is, oh, well, how often do you brush, Tashar? Oh, no, I I don't brush. Then I'm just talking. Okay. So how I check myself is, Tashar, what are you doing? I 
hear what you're saying, but what are you doing? That is faith. When you decide to act, decide to move based on some principles and some knowledge. And for me, that is how I got through the divorce. That's how I get through now all of these times where I'm not sure. I don't know what to do. I, make a decision. You have some information, make a decision. I think of this as like a, a CEO. CEOs have information. They have a goal, they have a strategy, but then they have all these moving parts, right? You get the, you get the data and you make a decision. You don't sit here and have uh, meetings all day. You have to make a decision. You have to have some inspired action and put that faith to work. So for me, faith in its simplest form is a decision. Mm, it's a decision yeah. to act based on some principles that you've been taught. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking about those who are probably maybe thinking about you going back into the workplace. And and I, I'm really, really puzzled how you handle that. I'm really, really intrigued. So walk us through going to your first interview after being out of the workplace for 17 years. I would say first, I had an attitude of, I'm going to figure this out. It was a decision. I'm going to figure this out. I was scared. Okay. And I was um, still feeling guilty because my youngest child was two. Mm. This child had to go to daycare. None of my older three children went to daycare. I remember feeling sad at work one day because I was looking at my daughter on the video. They have videos now where you can look at your baby all day if you choose to. And I was sad. I'm at work and my baby's at daycare. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying, okay, your baby is safe. Okay. She enjoys going to school. You need to make a decision. Are you going to be at work? Or are you going to be uh, pining over the fact that you're not with your daughter? I had to make a decision. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. was it a linear path to greatness? No. You know, that after my first job, they ended up downsizing me after six months. Okay. Then I got another job after that. When I stayed on that job for like five, five and a half years. Five, and I just actually started a new gig <laughs> two months ago. So I see that the progression was up. Oh, that was a little up, down, up, down. Up. But again, the trend, the trajectory was, was definitely up. So scared was an understatement for sure. But then every day I had to do what we're talking about. I had to make a decision. Okay. Now, are you going to have all of your energy focused on the task at hand, which is this job they've hired you to do? Okay. Or are you going to sit back and pine over? Oh, well, none of my other kids had to go to take care. Oh, I feel so sorry. Nope. Nope. Not introducing that energy anymore. And here's the thing. These people obviously see some value in you, Tashara. Okay. I need you to change that story in your brain. Okay. Now, the only reason I'm talking about the fact that I was a stay at home mom is really for the purposes of this show. But for the most part, I don't even say that story much anymore because that was my previous life. Again, I, I share it so I can share with people how I've gone through a difficult time. But my story today is different. Okay. The story I say to myself is I am a woman who has value that can contribute to the marketplace for compensation. That's the story that I tell myself. So again, all of these stories, they drive your beliefs, which drive how you act, which drive your, your results. So it's all a cycle. So every day I had to decide, am I going to be afraid or am I going to use all of these gifts and skills and talents that I still had? They were just probably put on the back burner for a little while to bring value to this company, which hired me. So <clears throat> what scares you the most today and what brings you the most joy today? 
I'm very careful about that word scares me okay. or, or feel, fear because as we all know, fear is almost can be a constant companion mm. if we give it mm. a place. Okay. I find now I'm getting like the older people. I talk to myself, Dr. Jones, throughout the day. I, I do, do too. I I'm do at home by myself right now. My children are at school or at work. I talk yeah. to myself. When those fearful thoughts come, oh, what about last time, Tashara? What about, mm -mm, I'm not thinking about that. Okay. And see, this is why, you, why all again, all of those years of my faith building, that seeding, this is where it comes into play. Okay. So when those fearful thoughts come, so I can't say I have anything, anything in particular that scares me the most. Sometimes just a fearful thought about work or about an organization that I'm involved in may, may pop up. And that's when I have to go, Oh, oh, nope, not today. And I have to give that an answer. Okay. An answer could be, for example, no, I'm extremely qualified for this position. Oh, I will be able to handle that task. And you have to let fear go. It's really, again, a choice. Am I going to embrace these fearful thoughts and make it a part of my identity or am I not? See, that's that whole principle thing. And it's really a sense of identity. Am I going to align my identity with fear or faith? I know that sounds very, very cliche, but it's really a decision. Okay. I go back to David and Goliath. He made a decision. All the odds, according to the world, eh, odds were not in his favor. Five small rocks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I say, David, go back home and try again. Okay? <laughs> no. You know, you may want to come up with a different uh, right, weapon. Uh, right. But right. Here, here is a scripture that I repeat to myself often throughout the day. It is done unto you as you believe. Mm -hmm. That's a principle. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you believe that fear is going to overtake you and whatever, it's done unto you as you believe. Yeah. yeah. If you believe that this task is easy. And that you are meant for it and that you are up for the check. It is done unto you as you believe. See, this is all a law. It's like gravity. Okay. Gravity is what it is. Now I can go out and challenge gravity if I want to jump off this two story house so I can, I don't know, challenge it. Gravity is gravity. Or I can govern myself accordingly so that I can use gravity in my favor. And I use gravity in my favor when I get on an airplane. Okay, just for a little while, I am defying gravity just for a little while. Then I come on down safely. Okay, yeah. the same with these principles. It is done unto you as, as you believe. So if that's the principle, the question is, what am I believing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, that's powerful. You know, when we first met, one of the things that you said that really stuck with me is the I am part. You were talking about I am. All right. Wait, yep. wait, wait, wait. Don't go there now. Don't do it yet. Don't do it. Don't do it. Hold me back. Hold me oh, back. Yeah. I, we, we're going to do that next week. We're going to talk about back. I am. I'm telling you. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Folks, we just met with Tashara Robinson. She's an amazing lady, just incredible, overcoming many adversities and still standing strong, still holding on to her faith. Next week, we'll hear from her again. Stick around. Thanks for listening. This is Victory Groove. Remember, we already have the victory. We just need to get our groove back. I, they